What's going on, everyone? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we're going to go around the shield and talk about some of the top leading defenses right now in the NFL. So we're going to talk about the best defenses that we've watched. Uh, we're going to talk about a disappointing week in the lockboard. So uh, last week, there was a lot of green. This week, there's a lot of red. We'll get to those uh, locks that we got right and the ones that we got wrong. And then we're going to go around the hoop as our third segment today and talk about what's going on with Ben Simmons. So I might hear a rant from Eric about that. Um, ben Simmons is back on the Clutch Crew Sports podcast to be discussed. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. And speaking of ranting, here's Eric, the ranting co-host here. Uh, I know Zach was talking about the lockboard not being good it was actually pretty good for me i know it wasn't good for everybody else but uh i'm the one who definitely will not be complaining about that and uh ben simmons will be an interesting topic for sure uh but yeah i got a lot of nfl stuff to talk about so hope you guys enjoy the episode and what's going on guys it's connor the co-host with the most and i know eric's the ranting co-host but i could probably rant on my lockboard performance this week and also rant on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but, you know, here we are. Uh, I'm excited to talk about defenses and, you know, look ahead to what's going on next week in the NFL. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Nate here. Uh, it was a pretty uh, chaotic week in college football, and my Gators were on the wrong end of that uh, chaos, but um, definitely got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about football-wise, so I'm looking forward to um, getting into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so we are going to start out around the shield like always. And um, I was trying to figure out what we were, what we as a group were going to want to talk about as our main topic for around the shield. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about young quarterbacks. I was thinking about, you know, surprise teams, that sort of stuff. But it's it's still too early, really, to think about that stuff. Um, just finished week four. Um, but I was thinking, you know, we haven't really talked about defense at all since like the this or that defensive uh, players that we did in the offseason, you know, where we picked between like Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, the, that sort of thing. Uh, so we haven't really focused a ton on the defenses. I mean, every now and then in matchups, you know, we'll bring them up um, and stuff, but we haven't like had a defensive centered topic. So uh, I really just wanted to highlight um in our opinion some of the best defenses right now maybe some of these are surprising some of them may be expected but the defenses that we feel like deserve to be talked about on this episode so each of us has picked a team and we're gonna highlight how that defense has been going um and talk about you know if we think they'll be good or bad or if you know if one of us has an opinion and the other person disagrees and we'll chime in on that so feel free Zach, guys, i disagree to <laughs> you disagree that the Browns have a have a good defense? Okay, uh, we'll see. We'll see on Twitter how many people agree with you I on mean, that. It's it's just my job to disagree with you. Yeah, so I know. I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, speaking of that, guys, uh, you know, I've got the Browns as my team that I pick for defense. I mean, there's no shocker that you know I've been a Browns. I, I've not. I'm not going to call myself a fan of the Browns, but I've been high on them. Um, and what I think their capabilities are. And honestly, so far, the defense has been the better part of the team than the offense, which might be a little surprising to some with, you know, all the weapons that they have on offense. 
But other than the week one shootout against Kansas City, which, you know, anybody who plays Kansas City is going to give up, you know, a large amount of points. That's just how their offense is. So week one against Kansas City, I can't put too much stock into that really either way with it being week one. Usually defenses have the advantage early in the season. Offenses are trying to figure things out. But uh, just looking here at their uh, at their recent performances, I mean, they beat the Vikings today 14-7. to So they held the Vikings to just seven points. They sacked... Um, they sacked uh, Justin Fields like nine times, held the Bears to like 40-something yards of offense. I mean, granted, it's the Bears. Um, next week, they have a big test against the Chargers. They played pretty well against the Texans. Um, so the Bears' defense, though, from the start of the year against Kansas City to now, I think – I really think it's an improving defense. I think it's going to you know, build upon the success that it's had – um, just the, the players on the defense, like Malik Jackson, Miles Garrett, uh, their rookies that they have, the guys in the secondary, Greedy Williams, like they just have a lot of really good players on the defense, clownies on the defense, like they're getting sacks, they're getting turnovers. Um, to me, in my opinion, the Browns, um, they're really going to have to rely on this defense to shut down, you know, to win the division. It's looking like the Steelers aren't going to be as good. The Bengals have a pretty good team, so they're going to have to stop Burrow. And then the Ravens are going to have to stop the run. But, like, in my opinion, I like their matchup against all the the offenses in their division. Um, the toughest test for them is really going to be, like, Kansas City and Buffalo. So I'm not sure if they play Buffalo again later in the season, but um, we know how they did against Kansas City the first time. But I've just been really impressed with how this defense has been, especially after today's performance. I mean, the one against Chicago, it's a rookie quarterback. You know, they have a bad offensive line and, you know, they're expected to do good. They, you know, obviously did incredible in that game. They did really good in this game against Minnesota. They They just shut them down on like every drive after the first drive. So I got to give them a lot of defense in a league really where scoring is up. Usually teams are scoring more and more than ever before. The fact that they're holding these teams to under 20 points a game uh, is, is really good. So, and, and Hey, even in that game against the Texans, I'm pretty sure Tyrod Taylor played that and he's been Tyrod Taylor's actually been playing pretty well when he's gotten the chance to play. So, you know, that's not, he's not getting stabbed in the either. lung. <laughs> yeah, if he's not getting stabbed in the lung, you know, he can he can actually play. So that's my piece on the Browns defense. And I'll go ahead and let Eric talk about his defense that he wants to highlight as well. Yeah, so the defense that I picked was more of a surprise pick. And that's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the reason why I wanted to pick them and highlight them is because well obviously you know Susan is a big Cowboys fan obviously that's her team and so like you know I root with you know I root with them with her and everything but I've been very critical of their defense because last year their defense was just so bad they were one of the worst in the league and I felt like on paper that other than you know drafting Micah Parsons I, I felt like 
they really hadn't changed much. And I figured they, I figured they were going to be heading down that same path. And, but they have really surprised me. I mean, uh, Trayvon Diggs is the way he's playing right now. Like, I don't know if he's going to keep this up, but he's on pace to win the, you know, NFL defensive player of the year. Uh, He's already got five interceptions, which is just nuts. So he has, he's had one in every game and then he got two more today. Uh, the Cowboys are forcing way more turnovers than they did last year. And they're also getting a a pretty good amount of sacks, especially today against Sam Darnold. I mean, Carolina's offensive line did him no favors. Like, uh, and the crazy thing is too, is a lot of these guys are backups. Like the Cowboys have had some injuries to some of their starters and, but even with their backups coming in, they're still performing at a high level. And I know if you like look on paper, you know, maybe they've had some high scoring games, like, against Carolina day, they got 28 Philly got 21 last week, but like Philly got a touchdown towards the end of the game in garbage time, uh, last week that didn't really matter. And then Carolina got, they almost got back in the game. Dallas got a little too soft at the end, but, um, but up until like kind of late in the fourth quarter, Carolina only had 14 against them. And, you know, like Zach talked about, you know, in a league where teams are pretty much scoring at will nowadays, you know, to have a team at only 14 in the fourth quarter is pretty good. And the Chargers have a high-powered offense, too. And Dallas managed – they had a kind of a bend-but-don't-break kind of game against them and held them to 17. So, uh, other than the first week against Tampa, like, Dallas's defense has looked really good. I'm very surprised by them. I don't know if they will fully keep this up, but, uh, you know, we already know Dallas has a really good offense, and if their defense can keep playing like this, they could be an elite team going forward if they can maintain that. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that or if we want to move on to what, uh, to the next team. I'll let Zach kind of decide where we go here. Yeah, we can we can move on now and let Connor talk about the defense that he wants to highlight and discuss. Yeah, so my team that I've decided that I'm going to highlight is – you know, my hometown team, the Carolina Panthers, um, which their defense is more of, I won't say that they're quite on the level of the Dallas Cowboys, like no one was expecting this, but I don't think anyone was expecting them to take this big of a leap forward. Like, I think a lot of people thought they were going to be good, but I don't think a lot of people thought they were going to be this good to where, you know, right now they did have a pretty bad game today, but you know, even after the game today, like they're third in the league in yards allowed per game and points allowed per game. Like, um, which I mean, going into today, I think they were the number one, maybe I think they were number one in yards allowed going into this game, maybe not number one in points allowed, but um, they were like number one defense heading into this week. And then obviously, you know, I think more so one of the reasons what contributed to their downfall this week was obviously their offense wasn't helping them at all. Like Sam Darnold and, especially once the second half started, like the Panthers offense was going three and out every single possession. So it's kind of hard to be play good on defense when your offense is going three and out and you're on the field the entire game. So, um, but it's just the development of these young players. Like Brian Burns has turned into one of the best. And I think, you know, like I said, Brian Burns has turned into one of the best edge rushers. And I think a lot of these players on the defense are underrated. Like when you talk about best edge rushers in the league, you talk about, you know, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, like Brian Burns never comes up. Or if you're talking about best linebackers in the game, like Shaq Thompson never comes up. I think he's really done a good job at stepping into that role or that kind of hole slash role that Luke Keekley left when he retired. Um, 
Like he moves all over the field. He can play in the middle. He can play on the outside. Um, he's got great vision for the ball. He can blitz. He can play the run, play the pass. He can do it all. And then, you know, obviously the secondary with, you know, they just traded for CJ Henderson from the Jaguars, you know, um, because I think they had they had an injury in there, but like they still have Dante Jackson, they still have AJ Boye. Jeremy Chin was like looking like he could be in the running for defensive rookie of the year last year. Like it's just a very young, very solid unit. Derek Brown also on the defensive line. And the scary thing about this defense is that you know I said these guys are all young, and the fact is that that they're only going to get better. Like this defense in maybe one or two seasons could potentially be like we might be coming up with a nickname for this defense by the time we get to that. I don't know what the nickname would be because um, the Panthers have never been around long enough for anyone to give any of their defenses or offenses nicknames. But this defense could be a solid force going forward. You could see multiple defensive player of the year candidates coming out of this. Like I could definitely see um, Brian Burns winning it in the future. I could definitely see Jeremy Chin. Like he could be up there competing for the award again. And it's just, it's what's going to carry this Carolina team kind of like for what Zach said about the Browns. Like the offense hasn't been terribly impressive. Like I know Sam Darnold has played better this season, um, but he definitely didn't do himself a lot of favors today. I know the Cowboys were in his face a lot and, you know, he ate quite a few sacks, but he threw like two to three interceptions in this game. Um, and then just some of the decisions he was making, I was kind of watching and going, hmm, I wonder why he's throwing that or like what he's doing here. Um, and then also like Christian McCaffrey is kind of his usual injury prone self. So they don't know if he's going to be healthy for long periods of time. So this defense is really going to have to carry them, especially when, you know, they're going to have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at some point. And, you know, as bad as Atlanta's defense is, like Atlanta has a good offense, so they're going to have to play them two, twice a year, uh, twice this season at some point. So this Panthers defense is really going to have to step up, and I think they're up to the task. Like I think they can shut down these other teams, um, and it's just been really exciting to watch them. It's always fun to watch young defenses play. And so that's my spiel for the Carolina Panthers. And then I'll let Nate talk about the defense that he wants to talk about. Yeah. So the defense I have here is the Denver Broncos. Um, they're, they took their first loss of the season today to the Ravens, but um, even in that game, even though they let up 20 points, it still um, held the Ravens rushing attack largely in check. And they got, um, I believe over a hundred yards um, running out the clock at the end of the game, but before that they had held them under 100, which um, I believe they got. I think the Ravens have a streak of like 40 plus games of more than 100 yards rushing because of Lamar Jackson and um, all those guys that got back there in the backfield. So I think even though they lost, it was a fairly impressive showing, and a lot of people would critique the fact that they've you know kind of knock on them for not having the best competition through. Uh, four weeks, they played the Jags, they played um, some other teams that haven't started out too well, but um, overall, I think the Broncos' defense, I would say that they're um, probably legit. I think, like, um, part of the issue for them is that their offense has been um, not very great, which kind of, um, when your other when your offense is new as good, it kind of puts more pressure on the defense to uh, make things happen. And I think they've been in a lot more like close games and um, had to 
deal with some of that. But I think the pieces they have with like Pat Sertain and Von Miller looks like his old self through the first few games. I do think they're a pretty uh, dangerous team. Plus the fact that they play in uh, Mile High Stadium, which you talked about, is um, a tricky place to go in and play as an opposing offense to begin with. So I think, kind of keep it brief here, but I do think that they are legit, even though they haven't played the toughest schedule through four weeks. Um, I think that going forward, um, they can you know potentially test. Uh, I mean, they've got a division where they're really going to need to step up, kind of like uh, what Connor was talking about with the Panthers. Um, they're going to have to step up to play the, the Raiders, who look good this year. The Chiefs are always dangerous, and the Chargers are, you know, looking scary as well. So it'll be a big test for them going forward, but I think um, tentatively that this team can handle it. So it'll, they're definitely probably one of the most interesting uh, defenses there to see if they can um, keep their team competitive in the West since you're not getting a whole lot of help from that offense there. Yeah, and definitely too, like the, the Broncos had a lot of injuries last year on defense, and I feel like now they're much healthier and you're seeing like their full potential. Um, as well as getting, you know, certain in the draft, he's looking like a stud already. So, um, I think all four of these defenses are really up and coming and some of these are more surprising than others. Uh, but they're all, you know, these are all pretty good teams. They're all teams with winning records. So, you know, that's a theme, like you do need a good defense. (laughs) It's not just offense. Like none of us picked like an Owen four team on this. Like, so um you you can you can see a difference in the record with like the washington football team example last year like they had one of the best defenses last year but what's their record now like one and three so they just got their first well no they think they're two and two actually they're two and two now oh they're two and two okay because they they beat the giants and then they beat the falcons yeah but their defense hasn't been good either so no no i mean that's why they uh yeah there's a reason why they got dropped uh, from our fantasy team What I was gonna say is like we were talking about the best defenses, but is Washington not like the most overhyped, overrated defense going into a season ever? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I would say that they were the Maybe most not ever, like, but... like overrated, overhyped. But like, I definitely think they've been the most disappointing. Is probably the yeah. more word I would use. Like, I know because I'd have to look at what they did this week, but literally through three weeks before this week, they collectively put up like two fantasy points because it was something well, they, ridiculous they gave up 30 to atlanta so like right and i was saying like it was something ridiculous too to where like the first two weeks they had put up uh like like four points each week and then week three you know back to our fantasy thing last week they had negative six so like that took your collective total down to two so um yeah so they've got six total points <laughs> at least Gosh. according to at least according to Yahoo, I know like our sleeper in Yahoo like, yeah. point settings are a bit different, but on Yahoo they have a total of six. <laughs> wow. That's and by most they were I would say in most fantasy leagues a top three defense taken by fantasy oh, yeah. football it was leagues. Like, so. It was like them, the Buccaneers, and the Rams were like yeah. the top three. So yeah, that's that defense has definitely been disappointing. I would say honestly too, the Jaguars like 2018 defense was pretty disappointing. Like, you know, after that incredible season they had, everyone's like, oh my god, this is like you know the next Seattle yeah, defense. Yeah, this is the best defense ever. And- yeah, they were like comparing them to Seattle's defense from a couple of years ago. Like, and then that completely just fell apart. The Bears, I think, had a really good defense that year that they made the playoffs, and then. 
they weren't as good, but they were still respectable, you know? Yeah, um, the Bear- they didn't fall off entirely. Like, yeah. I know, like, I remember the thing with the Jaguars. Like, they were kind of like the Washington this year. Like, I think I remember, I can't remember if it was you or if it was your, uh, or our, our uncle or Eric's dad um, that took them, like, super early on our fantasy draft the next season. And I was like, man, like, there goes Jacksonville's defense already. And then, like, I, I don't think it was me. I think it was Uncle Greg. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I think it was, <laughs> no, I, I, I meant to say your dad. I think it was oh, my dad, dad maybe. Okay. That early. Maybe, yeah. It was like either your dad or Eric's dad, one of the two, took them in like the eighth round or something. And I was like, whoa, like, already. Yeah, they, defense, they, were pretty, we? they were pretty good that season until the Chiefs game. And then the Chiefs, like, blew us out. And then, for whatever reason, they like couldn't stop a nosebleed after that. The Cowboys won. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Um, I was at that game. I, don't even I know, I know. That one. <laughs> but Eric's profile picture will forever remind us of uh, of that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Eric, your dad thinks uh, your dad thinks that they need to send all all eleven members to go rush <laughs> the quarterback, right? Well, <laughs> Talk apparently, about that. Apparently, uh, apparently that's the only way we're going to generate a pass rush. So. You know. <laughs> That, anyway. was, that was something he said at the game. It, it, yeah. that, it sounds like he's trying to say, like, you know, uh, like what we used to do in Madden for fun, like call the field goal block and see, like, yeah. if you could get to the quarterback <laughs> before, yeah. he got, before he got the throw off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. All right, guys. So <laughs> week four is behind us now. Moving on to week five. And we're going to pick three games to highlight and talk about the matchups and make our predictions on them. So we have three unique games to talk about, and I'll start with the first one, Packers at Bengals. So this is a surprise, like, you know, you wouldn't have thought about this looking at the list, like, you know, maybe Rams and Seahawks might be more intriguing, but I really think Packers and Bengals uh, on the one o'clock docket is going to be the game to watch. It's going to be at Cincinnati, uh, so Packers are, are going to Cincy. And the Bengals are off to one of their best starts in the years. The Packers, they've seemed to recover a bit from that week one disappointment uh, to the uh, to the Saints in Jacksonville. And it's it's going to be real interesting, I think, to watch. I think Cincinnati needs this win more than the Packers do. The Packers still have the benefit of the NFC North. The Bengals have the AFC North to deal with. But um, the Bengals, they... They got that win against the Jaguars on Thursday night. That was crazy how they they had uh I think Joe Buck was saying it. They had they never had the lead in that game until the final seconds where they made that game winning field goal. So the Bengals they've won in a couple different ways now. Like they've won against the Steelers where they got off to a fast start. They've now won a comeback sort of style game against the Jaguars. Like I'm starting to get a lot more respect for the Bengals honestly this year and if they beat Green Bay I think that gives league wide um, some more respect by beating the Packers so Packers have a good team obviously they're still really good but I'm gonna go with the Bengals in an upset here I think I think they're good enough Uh, CJ Uzoma had a really good game their tight end he was good last year too but he got hurt really early in the season I, everybody had kind of forgotten about him, but CJ Uzoma's a sleeper tight end to watch out for. Um, and their offensive line seemed to do pretty good. Their Burrow is, he's a great decision maker with the football. They have weapons. I'm not sure if T Higgins will be back, but with 
um, with Chase and uh, Tyler Boyd, like they have good pass catchers. Their defense, their run defense could be a little bit better, but um, but I like their defense as well. So I'm going to pick the Bengals here in this game. Eric, what about you? Uh, I'm going to disagree, but it's not like a hard disagree. Yeah. I definitely agree with what you're saying about the Bengals, but I just I don't think they're quite good enough to beat the Packers yet. I mean, unless they can somehow force Aaron Rodgers to make mistakes like the Saints did in week one, that, that would be their only chance. But I'm not as I am high on Cincinnati's offense, but I'm not as high on Cincinnati's defense as you are. I, I think Aaron Rodgers will be fine against them and should put up plenty of points. Uh, I could see this going into like a shootout style of a game almost like, uh, but I do think it'll be close. I don't think like Green Bay is going to like easily beat them or anything. And uh, if I get this game on TV where I live, like I will definitely be watching it. I do agree. I think out of the one o'clock games, it's the best one, but I'm going to go Green Bay 34, 28. That's what I'm going to go with. How about you, Connor? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I'm in agreement with Zach here with the Bengals defense. Like I think they're good. I definitely need to see more though, because you know, the, the teams that they've played so far, I'm not exactly, I mean, they did play the Vikings week one who have a good offense, but I mean, after that, it was the bears, the Steelers and the Jaguars, like three of the more uninspiring offenses in the league so far this year. Um, And so also the other thing for me with the Bengals that concerns me in the long run, at least is their offensive line to me still hasn't proven anything really because of all the teams they've gone against, like the Vikings, I can't remember. I don't remember how many sacks they gave up in that game, but the Vikings obviously don't have the best pass rush in the league. The bears did get five sacks on them. And then when they played the Steelers, the Steelers were without both of their starting edge rushers in that game. So there's a reason in my, why the Steelers didn't get a sack in that game. And then obviously the Jaguars are, don't have the greatest pass rush like, Zach and Eric alluded to. So um, the more offensive like, more like the Jaguars have like the worst pass rush. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, the thing for me is that I don't think they're actually that offensive line isn't going to get tested until they play the Ravens, in my opinion, in week. Um, let's see, that's week seven or when they play the Browns in week nine, for sure, is going to be the real test. But I think they're going to be OK against the Packers just because the Packers are going to be without Zadarius Smith. Um, they just have to block Rashawn Gary and they should be fine. And like Zach said, I'm really excited about this offense, although I'm not excited about how good they're doing, but you know, if, as a, if I was a neutral fan, I'd be excited about their offense. So I am going to agree with Zach and I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals at home, the upset win. Nate, what about you? I'm going to have to take the Packers here. I mean, they just looked, um, pretty dominant versus the Steelers earlier and I think the Bengals are a lot better than I thought they'd be coming into the year but I just don't think overall I've got um what it takes to go head to head with Aaron Rodgers right now all right so an even split two and two for the Packers and Bengals um Nate do you want to talk about this next matchup we have highlighted here yeah so I think this is an interesting one uh Cleveland Browns versus uh LA Chargers um we talked about the Browns defense on the last segment. Um, they've been very strong through the first uh, four weeks. And I think this is really their um, biggest test so far um, is this L.A. offense that has looked a lot um, better this year. Justin Herbert's taken 
uh, step forward in the second year. They've got a bunch of weapons in Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler. So it'll be interesting to see um, if that Browns pass rush can, um, you know, keep that passing attack in check. And on the other side, I think uh, Browns offense didn't look too hot at all today versus the Vikings. Um, Baker Mayfield, um, my MVP pick for him is starting to really not look great. He didn't look uh, too good today either. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get uh, things going as well um, versus Chargers. They do have a solid defense there as well with some guys like Der- Derwin James and uh, Bosa and all that whole crew. So um, I think it's, this is a very interesting matchup to me. I think um, right now I personally would like – I like the Chargers going into this one. I think um, they look very good versus the Chiefs. Um, the fact that they are able to go head-to-head with them – uh, in Arrowhead, um, I think it bodes favorably for them. I think um, if anyone can put up points on this Browns defense, I think it's a mobile, uh, athletic quarterback like Herbert, and they definitely have the weapons to challenge Cleveland. Um, and I just haven't seen enough out of them, um, especially out of Baker Mayfield through the first few weeks, just to you know say that if the Chargers get rolling, I don't know that the Browns will necessarily be able to keep up. So um, I'm going with the Chargers, but I think it's definitely – um, for me, at least, probably the most interesting uh, matchup to see where both of these teams really are. All right, Eric, what do you think in this matchup? Yeah, I want to agree with Nate here, uh, again, just like the last game, and I'm going to go with the Chargers. I I like their – I going into the se- – like, if we were making predictions from the beginning of the season, I would have said Cleveland, but – and Cleveland's definitely still a pretty good team, but I agree with Nate that – their offense hasn't fully clicked great lately. Like even, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not fully a believer in Cleveland's offense right now, whereas LA's offense seems to really be clicking. And, uh, you know, like Nate said, they did really great against the Chiefs too. So anybody that can beat the Chiefs, uh, you know, you're on my radar. So I'm going to go, I think it'll be close. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chargers 24-20. All right, I didn't know we were all doing score predictions here. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I think Eric's the only one that's done it, really. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and say my piece on this. I'm, you know, I, I talked about the Browns defense. I'm going to pick them to win the game. I think I, you guys aren't sold on Cleveland. Like, for me still, I'm just not 100% sold on the Chargers. I, I do think they're very good, obviously, but... I, just, I don't know. I think going up against a because the Chiefs, you guys talk about the Chiefs, but like their defense is really bad. Um, and the the Chargers, I think I think they are going to play in a low scoring game. And another thing, too, um, historically with the Chargers and and I know Chargers fans are going to know this, too. If it's going to come down to a field goal at the end, if there's if, uh, the last two minutes of a game, stuff happens to the Chargers like. They get touchdowns taken off the board for penalties. They give up major penalties. Like they are a team that can be winning the whole game and then lose it at the end in any sort of fashion. Like that's just how the Chargers are. I don't trust their kicking game at at the clutch moments. Like so, I'm gonna go with the Browns. I think it's gonna be close, but I've seen the Chargers lose so many close games to be wary of picking them. What say you, Connor? Well, I'm clearly not doing my job on this podcast because I'm actually going to agree with Zach again on this one. Um, 
for me, the biggest di- difference in this game is the is the Browns' defense. Like the Chargers' offensive line is not very good, despite the upgrades that they've made this past off season. And I mean, I saw even against the Chiefs, like the Chiefs, who have one of the worst pass rushes in the league, were still getting to Justin Herbert. And you know, especially put that now against Miles Garrett and this Browns' pass rush, like he's they're going to disrupt this Chargers' offense a lot. And like I like this Chargers' offense. I think Justin Herbert's really good. I you know. Us on the podcast, we're all really fans of Austin Eckler, but I think the Browns are, are going to throw off the Chargers' rhythm, and I'm going to take the Browns to win this game. All right, and let's go now to the Sunday night football matchup. Connor, talk about uh, this rematch from the playoffs last year and what you're going to be looking forward in it. Yeah, so this is obviously interesting because it's a rematch of the AFC Championship game last year. Um the same circumstances as well. It's going to be at Arrowhead, Bills, and Chiefs. And I'm excited for this one just because, I mean, the Bills, they seem like they've really bounced back really well after that week one loss to the Steelers. Um, you know, they've put up 35-plus points in each of the past three games. Like, their offense is looking fantastic. Um, Josh Allen's trying to get himself back on that MVP track. And their defense you know, I mentioned earlier that the Panthers, you know, coming into this week were the number one defense. Well, now the Bills are the number one defense in the league. Like they've by far, you know, they're way ahead in the yards per game total. Like I think there's something like 30 yards ahead of the Browns and Panthers for yards per game. And there's something like four points ahead of the Browns and or like the Broncos and Panthers for points per game. So the Bills just look like a really complete team right now. The Chiefs, you know, we were talking about how they, you know, obviously the offense is as good as ever. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill had a monster game today. He had like 186 yards and three touchdowns. Um, You know, Travis Kelsey is always going to be really dominant. I think the difference for this Chiefs team that's really, I don't know, kind of given them an extra level on offense is they have a run game now. Like Clyde Edwards-Alaire has looked really good on the ground the past few games. And, you know, it just adds another dimension to this offense. But, like I said, the problem with this Chiefs team is the defense looks worse. It's almost like they sacrificed their defense to get a run game. And, you know, if in my opinion, if I was a head coach, I would rather have a defense than... I mean, like, with this Chiefs offense, obviously, I know it's important to have a run game. The Steelers prove that not having a run game is bad. But in this Chiefs system, I would have rather, like, sacrificed the run game and kept the better defense <laughs> um, if I was them. Because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to put up points whether he has a run game or not. So um, so in my opinion, I'm going to have to take the Bills on the road in this game. I know they're going to be the underdogs, so I'll call it an upset. Um, but I just think that they're the more complete team right now. I Honestly, to me, the Bills, they still they look like they've taken over the front-running spot in the AFC from the Chiefs, in my opinion, at this point in the season, given what the Chiefs have looked like through four weeks. Uh, Eric, what about you? Yeah, this is another one like beginning of the season, I would have made a certain pick. But now that we are a few games into the season, I'm changing it. Uh, I mean, I've been one of the biggest, you know, Chiefs, you know, believers, like how Zach's been a believer in the Browns. I've always been a big Chiefs believer since we started this, uh, since we started the podcast. But I'm going to agree with Connor here and take the bills because, you know, when you look at both sides of the ball, Obviously, both teams have really good offenses, and I still think the Chiefs' offense is slightly better than the Bills' offense, mainly due to the running game that they have now, like Connor mentioned. But but the problem for me with for the Chiefs is that the Bills' defense is definitely way better than the Chiefs' defense. And 
while I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, I think the Bills' defense is going to stop the Chiefs, you know, just enough, you know, to get that edge at the end. So I'm going to make another score prediction. I'll say Bills win 38-31. <laughs> but, so All Zach, right. how about you, man? Yeah, so I guess Connor and I are going to go three for three in this episode on picks, agreeing with so each I said, other. I'm not doing my job, clearly. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Bills as well. Just, you know, they it's tough that they have to go to Kansas City. Like, that, you know, that makes it, in my opinion, going to be even closer. Like, if it was in Buffalo, I'd have no problem with this. But um, but I'm going to pick the Bills. They just, they've looked like the better team than the Chiefs have. Like, just plain and simple. I know the Chiefs are the Chiefs. And, you know, you got to beat the king to be the king. But, um or whatever that saying is, but be the man, you gotta beat the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it it applies. It applies here. Um, so the Bills, you know, it's. I think also too, like they're gonna be extra motivated in this, like since they lost. Kind of how, you know, the Jags and Patriots had this a couple years ago, where they, you know the Patriots beat them in the AFC Championship game, and then uh, the next year the Jags beat them in the regular season. Like I could totally see that happening again too. the bills they they want to beat the chiefs like they haven't beaten them yet and it's a big test to do it against mahomes but uh i think they get it done ultimately nate what say you yeah i think um this is definitely an interesting one for sure for me um i personally think that the chiefs um still just have more um overall with this roster i think uh, their defense has been pretty uh, spotty the first few weeks, but I think you saw uh, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill today. I think they can still put up points with the best of them. So um, I think those are a tough defense, but I think in Arrowhead, uh, primetime game, I have a hard time uh, seeing the Chiefs drop this one. All right, and let's go ahead now, guys, and move over and talk about the lock board. So... Uh, like I alluded to at the start, <laughs> the, the <laughs> size says it all. The, the size that comes says it all. Yeah, so between the four of us, just a combined seven points in the lock board were awarded this week. We had two zeros, myself and Connor, with zero points. Nate, somehow, you never would have, nobody would ever guess this, but getting two points got Nate second place this week. And Eric got first place with just five points. So, you know, just seven points in total, two zeros this week, um, only three correct games. And Eric, you did have the first pick. So I've been noticing a trend. The first pick player usually does pretty well considering they have the first pick. So talk about the ones that you got right and talk about your five points, how you got them. Yeah, I, like I you know, said in my intro, I'm the one person that's not complaining about my lock board result. Uh, I was happy to get two out of my three picks. And, I mean, Zach's definitely right, though. It is a nice advantage to have the first overall pick in this. Um, you're able to look at all the matchups and whichever one you're absolutely most confident in, like, you're guaranteed to get it. So that that always helps. And that one for me was Auburn over LSU. It definitely ended up being a struggle. But Auburn did come back in the end, and I was excited. I got I got home from work kind of late, but I got to catch the end of it and see that. So 
that was definitely exciting for me to, you know, get those three points. And then earlier in the afternoon, uh, I picked Michigan over Wisconsin. I was surprised that none of the three of y'all had this one. Like, I don't remember if y'all had it on your list or if y'all had it really low on your list. I had uh, it on mine because I was but, I was with you. Like, I was surprised that Wisconsin was favored in that game. I yeah, was like, wow. Like, I, I, after the way their offense was against Notre Dame the previous week, and, you know, I when they were favored, I was like, man, even though this is only a two-pointer, I'm like, I feel like I need to snag this because uh, I feel like uh, – I feel like Michigan should win and they ended up winning pretty easily. So that, that was definitely my best lockboard game in terms of not having to worry or anything. And then my third pick, you know, later pick, but I went with uh, Boston college over Clemson and I actually almost got that one. Like I'll have, so y'all told me, right. That at like the end of the game, I know Boston college was driving for a chance to get a touchdown to take the lead, but then they like, I was watching that since I get the uh, the ACC network um, where I live. Yeah, no, it was um, I have to remember. I actually have to go back to uh, our messages. But basically what happened was they like um, down. It was kind of once Boston College got down near the end zone, they kind of screwed up because like. First of all, like Clemson should have intercepted it for the win. Like the dude had it in his hands and he dropped it. And then I want to say it was like third down and yeah, they basically, the quarterback, I think he was, they were doing a lot of read option stuff and he was kind of looking like at the defensive lineman before he looked at the snap and it went behind him and Clemson recovered it for the win. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they had gotten that touchdown, that would have been 10 points for me, which would have been amazing. But nevertheless, (laughs) I I still got. Thankfully that didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, for you guys. Yeah. but that, that would have given me a really big lead if I'd gotten that. But, but, uh, but even still, even though I didn't get that one, I got five points. Uh, but since I got first this week, I'll be picking last next week. So it's going to make it a lot harder to, you know, repeat my success. But I'm still in first place, so I, you know, I'm going to take that for now. And then um, Zach is next. I'm sure he's excited to talk about his lock board here. <laughs> Yippee! <laughs> yeah. No. Uh... Definitely a disappointing performance for me that follows a trend this season. I forgot to mention the total standings, too. So, yeah, Eric is in first place right now with 25. Connor's in second with 20. Nate is in third with 18. And I've only got a measly 10 points. So, uh, that definitely not a good time for me to get zero points uh, this week. But I'll go ahead and review the ones that I got wrong. I definitely... The picks that I ended up getting, I forget how my specific order was on my request, but uh, the ones I got were pretty aggressive. I had a potential to get 11 points this week uh, with a five-pointer and two three-pointers. My first one was Louisville over Wake Forest. This was a five-point possibility. Um, I'd watched Louisville the week before. I thought they they had a pretty dynamic offense at points. Like FSU shut them down in the second half, but I thought with their quarterback, I thought he would be good enough to be able to beat Wake Forest, and I hadn't paid attention to Wake Forest. I mean, they're Wake Forest, so, you know, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I know I, they're I, ranked. I, I can attest to the uh, their Wake Forest thing being, yeah. uh, I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was to to get a five-point possibility with that. It was It was at Wake Forest, so they had to go on the road. I think that's what made it, you know, the the line the way it was was it was a road game for him. But 
But yeah, that was a five-point possibility. It was a close game, came down to the end, but Wake Forest did win. They stay undefeated, so good for them. But it's really hoping Louisville now two weeks in a row. I've they've cost me in these games, so I gotta stay away from them, I guess. Um, and then the next one, I going back again the next week or the week before, I meant to say uh, Baylor. I you know they. They got me five points last week. I was like, okay, sweet. I can maybe get points from them again. So I had them picked up high, and I got them in round two. So I to take the, the BYU strategy. That yeah, I, <laughs> I know. I, I, BYU for Connor and me for Baylor. But no, Baylor, they lost. It was a close game. But they just couldn't stop OK State at the end. Uh, and and the, the Cowboys won that one. So I lost three points on that. And then in the NFL, I forget where I had. This one was much lower down, I think, on my list. But, you know, I thought maybe, like, maybe the Steelers could beat the Packers. Like, you know, I'm still not 100% on board with the Packers this year. Um, and, you know, the Steelers are one of those teams that's like, you know, their defense could be really good and, and they could really shut down Aaron Rodgers and maybe their offense gets it together. A lot of wishful thinking, but, uh, yeah, Listen, Green Bay. You're, 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 you're a lot better thinking that uh, the defense is going to shut him down than thinking the offense is going to get it yeah. together. Because I don't know if that's going to ever happen this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. But still, I thought, you know, I picked Green Bay to win the game. But uh, but I thought upset potential here, three points potential um, is what ended up happening. But got that one wrong as well. So zero points for me this week. Connor. Uh, talk about also your I was gonna similar. Go to, go to Nate first. Okay, Nate, you want to go next? Well, he's next on the list, so that's okay. why I'm saying he'd go next. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it works. Um, yeah, so not um, kind of a theme year, not a great week for me um, either. I tried to play it um, safe again with my picks. I didn't really like a lot of the um, uh, the five point uh, picks. A lot would have you know, probably uh, made some points. I would have picked them with college. Um, I would ever pick against the Gators, but um, uh, that Kentucky one would have hit. Um, there's someone a couple would have known, If someone would have upsets. known to pick Stanford. <laughs> right. I would have never thought to um, have picked that. Was Mississippi over State over Texas A&M a five-pointer? Uh, probably. Two. Yeah, so. they would Yeah. But... Yeah, a lot of those actually would have hit, but I just didn't feel good about any of those. And even the three points, I was a little bit iffy on. I picked some, but I had some on my list, but they didn't. I didn't get a chance to pick them. Um, so I got these three two-pointers, which I felt good about coming in, but uh, Detroit somehow let the Bears walk all over them um, in Soldier Field today, which I did not see coming after last week's performance by the Bears with you know net negative uh, yards there. Um, so that was a surprise for me in Atlanta over Washington. Um, I knew that it was going to be a little bit iffy because that's why it was such a close uh, spread. But the way that Atlanta's been putting up points, um, I thought they would um, be able to handle Washington. And they, they did put up a bunch of points today, but uh, that defense just could not um, handle Washington, which was pretty surprising to me. Um, that's not typically a great offense there, but Terry McLaurin finally got going. So, um Big one for them. And then Baltimore versus Denver. Um, I was surprised the spread was that small on that. I know Denver's defense has been great. We talked about that earlier. But I thought they, I thought they would give a little more credit to um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. So I, I took that game. And uh, Baltimore won pretty uh, 
you know, solidly there, like 13 points, I think. So, um, yeah, not, not a great week for me. I, I was the only person who, who uh, won a game besides Eric, but I won a pretty small uh, matchup there. So not a, not a whole lot of points for me this week. All right, and yeah, Nate, I know we're recording this during the uh, Patriots-Buccaneers broadcast, so <laughs> we've got around the hoop next, so uh, so you can you can feel free to attend, put your full attention on that game, and we'll carry on the rest of the episode, man. <laughs> All right, sounds good. See you All right. guys. All right, All bye. Right. And then, Connor, you can uh, finish up the lock yeah. board of the week and talk about yours. This crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Really bad week for me, unfortunately. Um, a lot of my games kind of had a situation where, like, it was good in the first half and then it kind of fell apart. Like, so I started off with the Panthers over the Cowboys. Um, I know I was the only one to pick that, and I thought, you know, I was pretty confident in that with the Panthers' defense. I thought they'd be able to hold um, the Cowboys' offense, which, surprisingly enough, they held Dak Prescott in check pretty well, but, like, they got torn up on the ground by Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Um, so... That was disappointing. And then Kansas State and Oklahoma, like Kansas State was also hanging with Oklahoma for a while. I thought Oklahoma was vulnerable, um, especially after their poor performance against West Virginia. I still think they are vulnerable. Like I might pick them again, like some upset on them later in the season. Um, But unfortunately, I think it was too much for Kansas State to do, especially after the way they got beaten by Oklahoma State the week before. So uh, that was unfortunate. And then, uh, my worst pick of the week, which theoretically should have been the probably the most certain one, Notre Dame over Cincinnati. Notre Dame just completely did not show up to play that game, and Cincinnati destroyed them. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Notre Dame is seems like they've been bad for everybody on the lockboard this year. Like It's like the weeks <laughs> that we think they're going to do bad, they do really good. Then the weeks we think they're going to do good, they do really bad. So, you know, especially after this week, I'm hoping there's some way I can pick a underdog BYU to get me some points, but I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen considering they're ranked number 10 now. Um, but yeah, I, at least I will say the one good thing for me is that uh, pretty much every single week so far this year, I've been picking either third or fourth on this board. Um, so for once, I'm finally going to get to pick first. So hopefully that'll do me some good next week. Yeah, that's, that's definitely man to get in that first pick. You're, probably going to get one of your picks right because not only do you get the first pick but you get the first pick in round two and you get the first pick in round three so it's you get those benefits as well so it's really really valuable to be picking first and you know i was picking second and got zero points this week but um (laughs) and i'm actually going to be i'm staying at second so uh, we'll see how that goes next week but uh connor do you want to give us a fantasy football update in the podcasters league yeah, so, you know, hopefully had another interesting week in the Fantasy Football League. We're currently uh, we're playing the Scotch and Sports podcast. Um, so we're currently down by, I think, does that say 146? Yes, 146. So we're down 146 to 122 at the moment. Um, we still have Austin Eckler to go tomorrow on Monday Night Football. So we need 23 points out of him to um do get us some good to get the victory our first victory of the year hopefully we'll see um you know i thought we were going to win last week until Devonte adams went and blew up which uh unfortunately that was a bit of the problem this week was our opponent scotch and sports had tyreek hill who put up 53 points so that was a bit unfortunate um but really just kind of another underperforming week for us um like alvin Kamara underperformed again with 14 
Um, I was happy I was able to get Dawson Knox off the waiver wire and put him in this week. He got 20 at the or 19 at the tight end position. I thought that'd be good them playing Houston. Um, Justin Jefferson, funny enough, Eric convinced me to put him back in. Um, I actually had taken him out because I saw they were playing Cleveland, but Eric convinced me to put him back in, which was a good convincing job by Eric because he got 22, so that was good. Um, Debo Samuel had a big rebound week with 38, but unfortunately for us, the second straight week that we've had our defense to get us negative six points. I don't know if there's anyone else out there that's experienced this sort of thing, but uh, especially since we changed defenses this week, I went and picked up the Carolina defense because someone had dropped them for some unforeseen reason. I don't know why, because they'd been number one up to this point, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, it would have been nice if they could have just held on to getting zero points from us. That would have been better, but um, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully we're not going to go on four, but if we do, then shout out to Scotch and sports. If not, then thank God we're finally going to get a win. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a disappointing start to the year, but let's on Monday night football, really going to be rooting for Austin. Yeah. Pound for go, pound. Go chargers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so we're going to end the show guys with around the hoop talk and first around the hoop in a while since, uh, since the draft NBA draft, since we I'd spent say. like a whole freaking summer on it. <laughs> we spent the whole summer on it and then we had free agency. We had the draft and now it's like, Oh, they're starting the preseason now. So uh, we're going to do our season preview next or two weeks from now. Next week, we're going to be doing uh top 10 NBA teams, most interesting NBA teams, kind of like we did for the NFL. So that's going to be really interesting to see how that list shapes up. But the big story going on right now, like we've had some mini stories really throughout the offseason, like after the after the free agents had signed and the, the draft had happened. You know, there was the whole there was the speculation about Dame being traded out of Portland and then that got shut down, basically. And there's been some other minor stories that have came up. But recently, the biggest one that's happened has been Ben Simmons and we all kind of knew that like I don't know if it, it if it had been said before but like everybody that follows the NBA had known like Ben Simmons probably going to be traded from the Sixers like they need to shake it up you know it didn't seem like he really enjoyed being there it didn't seem like just the way it ended against the Hawks in the playoffs like how bad of a series that was for him like you know, the fans and everything like it was just a mess with Ben Simmons. So we all kind of expected him to be traded in some sort of deal. The the possibilities on that were going kind of crazy. They were talking about like trading for all these big players that, you know, we all laughed about, like, how are they really going to make a trade for like you're going like, to offer you're going to offer Ben Simmons for like Anthony Davis. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or, I mean, um, like, they, they didn't, there wasn't anything yeah. that crazy, but it was along those lines. <laughs> yeah, like, so... Or like, it, or, like, Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum, and we're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, just, um, just some crazy thing. And, uh, and so now, though, recently, there's been some communication on this uh, topic. So, Ben Simmons has decided he's, like, shut off his phone. He's, this is what I heard first, was... He wasn't answering phone texts or calls from his teammates or management. So he was just completely shutting the door with the Sixers. Like he was ghosting them, apparently. Um, and then 
<laughs> and then the 76ers are like trying to say like they're trying to publicly make it seem like they want him. And, you know, they have to do that for trade value. You can't just say, yeah, we're tired of this guy. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they want to try and get the best possible deal in return. Uh, but in doing so, it's making them it's it's just a weird look with him not talking to them, but then being like, yeah, we, we think he's going to be a sixer still and we're committed to him, like all these things. But we all know they're trying to get a deal for him. And then finally, we heard from Embiid because uh, there have been, you know, obviously Embiid's the better player right now. Like nobody's going to deny that. Embiid's an MVP candidate if he's healthy. Simmons is Simmons, I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> still has his problems. You know, Eric, I, I'm wondering what Eric's going to have to say about this situation. But basically, uh, Embiid spoke out about this and he was like trying to say like, uh, he doesn't. He's totally confused as we are with the with Simmons not talking to them and holding out. And you know, this is his quote here: "Weird, disappointing, borderline disrespectful." So it, it's reached the point where it's like, this is this is it. This is Deshaun Watson territory now. Like, I, it's not you know Ben Simmons doesn't have an off the field sort of thing like Deshaun Watson. But this is like this is to the point where it's Deshaun Watson where it's like he's not playing for them. I don't think I think they're accepting of that now. Um and the teammates are ready to move on. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think do you think he gets traded before the season starts? Do you think it's in the season? Would he miss games and and miss checks for this? Like and if you do think he gets traded, where do you think he goes to? And just speak on the situation in general. I'll start with Eric first. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts on this Ben Simmons drama going on? Yeah, well, so in that article on the left, it looks like there was a typo. I think it meant to say we asked way too much for trade value for Ben Simmons and we didn't get it. So we hope that maybe he'll still be a 76er. I think there's another typo, Eric. You're missing that they typed in his name as Ben Simmons. I think they forgot that his name is Bum Simmons. Yeah, I mean, they got they got the number of letters right and it starts with a B, but then they messed up the rest there. Yeah, so I, the, the problem for me with all this is the 76ers botched this trade from the get-go because everybody knew that Ben Simmons wanted out. Everybody knew the 76ers did not want him anymore. and But yet they were like, oh, we expect to get an all-star caliber player and three first-round picks. And, like, they – I mean, it was laughable what they were trying to get. And I understand you want to start, you know, higher than what you would expect and then – meet somewhere in the middle to get more so like closer to what you really want like you know that's what you have to do when you're negotiating but when you have no leverage really you can't try to ask for something that ridiculous because I'm pretty sure all the other GMs in the league were just like laughing at this because the main rumor that I had heard was with that of who they were talking to the most was the Kings and I heard something about they were trying to I don't know this was a while ago so I don't remember exactly who it was but I think they were trying to get like Buddy Hield, uh, Hallie Burton, and like two firsts or something for him. I'm like, bro, they're not giving up their like young core and future draft picks to 
you know, be more of a young core in the future for Ben Simmons to pay a guy who's been playing terribly like $35 million a year. Like it's not going to happen, but this is, this is how I think the issue can be fixed. I'm, Oh, Eric's like got a the, solution. The, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, GM, Daryl Morey, I think his name is, like, he needs to listen to me, and Bum Simmons needs to listen to me. Because, <laughs> obviously, right now, the 76ers aren't going to get garbage. Like, they'd be lucky to get a ham sandwich and a copier for Ben Simmons right now. I mean, let's just be real. They, the 76ers, Daryl Morey already messed up by thinking he could get a million first-round picks in an all-star for him. And then Ben Simmons has messed up by saying that he's never going to play for the 76ers again because if I'm a GM of any of the other 29 teams that might be interested in acquiring him, I don't want to acquire a guy that is literally quitting on his team. I don't want somebody like that on my team. And then also in this, in terms of the relationship with Daryl Morey, I'm not going to trade with a team who's trying to be really ridiculous with their picks. Kind of like that GM in the podcast league that last week that was trying to give a, make us give him Justin Jefferson for like Robert Woods or whatever it was. It's like, come on. Oh yeah. (laughs) We're we're not stupid. Like, (laughs) like the three of us combined have like over 20 years of fantasy football playing experience. We're not dumb. We're not going to like, we're we're not even going to, we're not even going to counter offer that. You know what I mean? Or there was the dude in I think oh, that one was like his trade was somewhat feasible because I know he wanted to give us like something else. But I know the main one for me was uh it was in guillotine. Some dude offered me like um what was the it was something stupid. It was something like oh Mike Evans. So in the trade there was Mike Evans and um why am I forgetting this now? I'm like slowing down your segment here, but oh, you're um, fine. <laughs> Well, while you think about that, I'll ask ask Eric this question. What do you think has more trade value, Eric? Ben Simmons or a Philly (laughs) cheesesteak? Well, I mean, honestly, the way Ben Simmons played in the series against the Hawks, maybe the Philly cheesesteak, you know? Yeah. You you know, you get a little bit of satisfaction with that, you know, whereas watching Ben Simmons play as a 76ers fan, you're not really getting it. You have to pay him, too. Like, you don't have to pay him. The the Philly sandwich, (laughs) if I was to go to like a, you know, sandwich shop on the street you know that's like you know five to seven bucks whereas ben simmons is costing me 30 plus million so but anyway so back well here before you go i figured out my trade so basically he offered me mike so tyler lockett and james connor and five dollars like five uh waiver dollars for mike evans and jonathan taylor i'm like okay mike evans and tyler lockett are like pretty even so basically it comes down to you're offering me James Conner and five dollars for Jonathan Taylor. Like what? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, but that's like what Daryl Morey's been doing. But so so back to my solution. So what needs to happen is is Ben Simmons and the 76ers organization needs to temporarily come together, even if neither of them have any interest in each other. They need to temporarily come together. He needs to report to camp, uh, even if it's not till right before the season starts, report to camp and play in the team's first game week one. And you need to Ben Simmons needs to show that he can still, you know, play because he does when he does feel like playing, you know, he is a good defender. He's a good passer. You know, he 
you know, he'll get you like a lot of easy points in the bucket, you know, with his height and everything, you know, he can play that distributor role. He can still offer a solid value to a team, but the problem is the last time we saw him play, he was trash. And now he's all like, well, I don't want to be on this team anymore. Like, and, and he's already on a good team. It's not like, oh, he's on a crappy team and he wants to go win somewhere. Like he's on a team that if, he had played at his full potential. They would, they, they easily should have got to the Eastern conference finals. And if they'd played at their full potential, I mean, they maybe could have even gotten there. Like, it's not like he's on the, uh, thunder or something and has got nobody around him. Like, and he's producing, but just on a bad team, like Jalen Ramsey with the Jags a couple seasons ago, like, like he has town around. Or if you, or if you want to use a basketball reference, like LeBron with the Cavs that one year, yeah, like yeah, he like carried LeBron, them to the championship. You know, even though I don't like him, I mean, he did carry them to the finals that you know one of those last years in Cleveland. But like, you know, so he he was on a good team with a great supporting cast and still wasn't producing. So it's not a good look. He needs to focus, play some games, show that he can still have a value. And then when he does that, then some of these other GMs might start calling. And then what Daryl Morey needs to do is not expect to get three first round picks and an all-star caliber and, you know, just take something decent in return and move on from this. Because as long as Ben Simmons is like holding out and not showing up, and as long as Daryl Morey keeps asking for ridiculous, you know, trade deals, nothing's going to happen. So Daryl Morey, Ben Sim- Bum Simmons, if you're listening to this, there's your solution on how to fix the problem. Eric, why aren't you a marriage counselor, man? <laughs> I mean, on, honestly, you can make the argument sometimes that why aren't the three of us like GMs? Because I, yeah, I feel like we, like we wouldn't be making these dumb mistakes that these other GMs do. Seriously, but I mean, honestly, if it, Connor... weren't for some, like, if it weren't for some like ridiculous like underperformings in our like podcast league that we all drafted together, like on paper, we had the best team. Like it's not our fault yeah. that. Yeah, you know, really. Some of our players are underperforming or our defenses are getting negative six points, you know, like like we been we did pretty solid in that draft. So like, you know, any NBA or NFL team out there, like you know, if you're listening to this, like, you know, we'll even take like whatever you would pay a normal GM, just pay us each a third of that. It's not like we're expecting you to pay us all like <laughs> the same price as like three equal GMs. Like we'll take a third of that and We'll bring your, your team, team back to the promised land. Like we'll get them there. Yeah, oh. really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, well, that was the thing too. Like you know, going back to that draft from the podcast. Speaking that we had a good draft. Like we got complimented by one of the other owner managers too in that league. I said yeah. something like, I, I put a comment in there saying like, "Oh, I'm loving this team," and he said, "Yeah, your team's looking scary." Like we even got complimented on our draft. So yeah, from our rivals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connor. Do you want to? add anything to this topic about ben simmons or bum simmons excuse me um, <laughs> i know eric did a fantastic yeah. job of summarizing what needs to happen do you have anything else to add or i mean the thing for ben simmons is that honestly i think he just needs to grow up like i think he's i mean it's crazy to me to think that he's you know still like 24 25 and it's like okay you look when especially when you have things to work on and you have a bad series like okay like just look at last season look at Giannis like Giannis had a terrible playoffs last season I mean like obviously in the end he got hurt against the um the heat and then he wasn't able to be at 100% but like he did horrible in that series and you know it's not like then all of a sudden he came out and like you know I mean it's not the same in the sense that 
Like, the Bucks weren't looking to trade Giannis, obviously, like how the Sixers were looking to trade Ben Simmons. But Giannis didn't get, lose his cool. He didn't be like, oh, you know, like, all this criticism I'm taking is unfair, and oh, woe is me, like, it's uh, so unfair, and blah, 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 blah. Like, he didn't whine about it. He came back, he played well, and look at him now. He's a finals MVP, and the Bucks have a championship. Like, Ben Simmons needs to grow up and like really get more mature about himself and his like the way he plays the game. Like he needs to realize that, okay, he's not all that in a bag of chips, especially when you're going to try and play point guard, you know, okay. Like if you want to be that magic Johnson style point guard, fine, but you got to be able to shoot and Ben Simmons can't shoot at all. And so it's like, you have to realize, okay, I'm not worth that much as you know, okay, as someone, as a different point guard, there's a lot of point guards I'd rather have over Ben Simmons. And it's just like, he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. And it's like you said, the reason why, like Eric said that he's quitting on his team, you know, that just goes and destroys your career, especially when you're not an established player. Like, I feel like in a way he could get away with it. If he, okay, let's say something like this happened with, you know, I'm not saying this would happen, but like, Someone like Damian Lillard, like if all of a sudden he came out and was like, I don't want to play for the Trailblazers anymore, like I'm done with them. I guarantee you he'd probably still get someone wanting him just because he's established himself in the league. He's a, you know, he's an all-star. He's one of the best point guards in the league, blah, 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 blah. He's clutch. So people would want him. But Ben Simmons isn't established like that. You know, he had like one good season. He had one or two all-star seasons and then he turned to crap. So... I don't know. I don't see how this problem is going to get fixed. I feel like it's going to be, it's going to something bad. So I feel like in the end, Ben Simmons is going to win this because, and it's unfortunate because I I really don't want him to win this, but I feel like something is going to happen where the Sixers are going to have to give him away for like a ham sandwich. And that's going to be it just to get rid of him. Kind of like how the Steelers had to do that in the NFL with Antonio Brown, like, you know, they were trying so hard to get rid of him and they wanted like a first round pick for him. And but no one wanted the drama and the, you know, sideshow that came along with him. So they had to give him up for a third round pick. I see something similar happening here with Ben Simmons. Like it's going to continue to go on. He I don't think he's going to play. And I think they're going to have to give him up for like a second round pick and maybe some role player to someone who, you know, is willing to take him. So. I don't know. Hopefully they follow Eric's solution, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I I agree with Connor to to end things off. Like I do see him getting traded eventually. I don't think he's going to come back. Like it's just too ugly of a situation for it to happen, I think. And um, I do think at the end of the day, yeah, the Sixers are just going to have to settle for something. And they probably could have gotten a lot more. If they'd handled it better, like Eric said, and, Ben Simmons, he might even have more say in where he goes if he was a bit more respectful in the whole situation and answering the calls from his teammates and uh, management. So, yeah, just just a odd, odd situation going on right now. And the thing that makes it even more strange is how Connor was saying how he's not even a superstar. Like, you know, it'd be one thing if it was a superstar. Like, yeah, you can get your way, but. The fact that he has the nerve to act like he's, you know, the he's like he's acting like um, like how LeVar Ball was talking up his kids, like on Lonzo Ball, how he was oh, yeah, better like, than like Steph they, Curry they, and stuff. They, yeah, they could take on MJ or Steph Curry one on one. So, yeah, that's 
that's the Ben Simmons update. We'll see if anything happens. Yeah. I will say uh, if they do have to settle for the like ham sandwich and the bag of chips trade, I'm trading him to like the Thunder or some just like really terrible team. And I'm putting him in the worst situation I can possibly yeah. can if I'm Philly. Like Sacramento, yeah, you know, like, Sacramento. Detroit. Well, Sacramento's <laughs> actually got a, they've got a few like, like, they're not a great team, obviously, but they do have some young players with potential. Like, you know, like I might put them on my interesting teams, trade, maybe spoil it for next week. I don't know. Trade them, but, trade them to Detroit and Minnesota or Minnesota or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like tra- trade them to like the worst possible situation. Then I'd be like, okay, if you're going to be petty like that, then Houston. <laughs> yeah, Houston. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like my God, dude. Like that. I mean, weren't, weren't weren't they trying to trade him for John Wall? Like. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, <laughs> and, all right, all right, guys, we gotta we gotta cut the episode off somewhere. So let's go ahead yeah. and do it now. Um, thank you to everybody for listening and watching. You can find us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport if you ever want to get in touch with us. And until then, remember, be clutch. Bye. Peace.